Hello and welcome to Our Life in Horror. We are a horror movie podcast with the gore-filled side of news, physical media, and everything spooky. My name is Brendan, a horror addict since birth, and with me is my horror queen, Sam. Hi guys, we are Our Life in Horror, and we are on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming services for podcasts. And you can email us at ourlifeinhorror at hotmail.com. Today we have a special bonus episode. It is Friday the 13th. Woo! The remake, 2009. <laughs> yeah, I'm pumped for this one. This is actually my favorite horror movie. Yeah, so just for a quick layout of what we're doing this episode, we're trimming all the fat. It's just going to be the movie and just a description and our rating, and that's going to be it. No games, no news, no trailers. Yeah, just a deep dive, and then we will do fun facts. Yes. Because that... Has to be in there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so happy Friday the 13th, guys. Um, we're hoping to do uh, Friday the 13th movie every Friday the 13th. And there's only two this year, so I think there's usually only two, isn't there? Yeah, there's like, I think three at max. Okay. Well, we only get two this year, I think. Next one's October. Yeah, so we'll be doing the original then. Yeah, we started with this one. Um, well, mainly because it's my favorite movie <laughs> in the whole world. <laughs> yep. And, um, I don't know, it's just a good one to start with. And I want to apologize to Bo, because Bo from Critic After Dark had a list of movies that he gave us. He's coming on our podcast next Monday, and this was on his list. And we chose, we ended up choosing Hatchet, but I, could, I couldn't do this one because I wanted to do it for today, so... Yeah. Yeah. I kind of came up with this idea, and then Bo sent us a list of movies to watch. And I was we were like, like oh. damn it. <laughs> I totally would have done that with someone. But yeah. yeah, I wanted to save it for today because it's Friday the 13th and it's special. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, should we get into it? Yeah, let's, let's get into her. Uh, you want to do description and stuff? Yep. Okay. So, Friday the 13th, uh, it's the remake. It was released in 2009, as I've said. Um, the summary for the movie is, against the advice of the locals and the police, Clay uh, scours the eerie woods surrounding Crystal Lake for his missing sister, but the rotting cabins of the abandoned summer camp are not only they are not the only things he finds. Hockey mask killer Jason Voorhees lies wait for this chance to use his razor-sharp machete on Clay and the group of college students who have come to the forest to party. The film was directed by Marcus Nispel, who also directed the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, for real? Yep. Oh, that's why I love that movie so much too. Yep. That's that why makes they. Makes a lot of sense. That's why they look pretty similar too. Yeah, th- I noticed that. I actually I wanted to look up this director because I wanted to see what else he did because, like I said, this is one of my favorites. So, um, oh, that makes me happy. Yep. <laughs> Um, do you want to get into uh, stars, and then I'll do yeah. the budget box office? So the cast that I'm choosing to do is just the main, main group. It's not, like, th- there's the intro that's really long, and we spend a long, long time with those characters, but I'm just going to read off the main ones. Um, so we have Jared Padalecki, who plays Clay Miller, and he's from Supernatural and has a wax. Um, Juliana Gool? Gill? She plays Bree. She's from Road Trip Beer Pong and Joe Pickett. We have Danielle Panabaker, who plays Jenna. She's from Years, Mine, and Ours. And Piranha 3DD. I never know how to say that title. It's 3DD. 3DD, okay. Yeah, it's the second one. Um, Derek Mears plays Jason Voorhees. He's from Hatchet 3 and Predators. Amanda Rigetti, who plays Whitney Miller. And she's from Love at the Shore and The Mentalist. 
We have Willa Ford, who plays Chelsea. She's from uh, Impulse, and she's also an American singer and model. Um, Travis Van Winkle. I like that name, Van Winkle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he plays Trent, and uh, he's from Christmas Getaway and Last Call. We have Aaron Yu, and he plays Chewy, and he's from Disturbia and 21. We have Arlen es- Escarpeta, who plays Lawrence, who's from Final Destination 5 and Into the Storm. And Ryan Hansen, who plays Nolan, and he's from Fantasy Island and Good on Paper. Fantasy Island, like the new one that just came yeah. out? Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, Aaron Yu was also in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Was he? Yep. I don't remember that. Yeah, he's not in there for long, but yeah, he's in there. Okay. I know him mainly from Disturbia and 21, but yeah, I love him. Me too. <laughs> he's, he's so really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the cast. And did you already say the IMDb source? No, I haven't. So this movie has an IMDb score of 5.5 out of 10, and it's got a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. That makes me so sad. <laughs> me too. I don't understand. I need to look into reviews of this movie and like find out where people are pulling the hate from, because, yeah. I know, it wasn't very received very well when it came out. Well, that sucks. Um, the budget for this movie was $19 million. The box office for this movie was nine point two, or sorry, nine, $92.7 million. So it made money it made bank yeah i did i'm surprised that it uh well i i don't know why it didn't get the sequel right off the smash because it did very well yeah i think it's just because of the critical and fan response <sighs> makes me sad <laughs> <laughs> what could have been <laughs> um let's get into some spoiler free thoughts yeah yeah so um, you go first this movie i think has like just the best most fun soundtrack and I love the cast. I love the whole intro of this movie. It's almost like a whole movie itself. Um, what else? It's got great kills, tons of humor. And in my eyes, I kind of see this as the perfect slasher. It like has the perfect transitions of like fun and sexy moments and then to serious and then to kills and then back to fun and sexy and it just pumps me up like this is honestly a feel-good movie to me and i need to watch it more because i put it on yesterday when you were going to the vet to pick up the dog's tick stuff and even being the note taker i usually hate watching the movie back and doing the notes and i just had the biggest smile on my face the whole time <laughs> i was like oh these these characters are so much fun and oh the, yeah it's just it's good i love it <laughs> what about you I also love this movie. I know I didn't understand the the hate for it either when it first came out. Um, I've loved this movie ever since it, it came out. I remember going to Blockbuster to try to buy the DVD like the first day it came out. Oh, but really? Somebody went in and bought all of the copies of oh. Blockbuster. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. So <laughs> I had to wait a week, and then I finally got my copy of it. Because um, I wanted the killer cut, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, I also love this movie, too. It's very quotable. Um, yeah, I think uh, this is like this is where I think fans hated on this movie was they made a realistic depiction of Jason like so Jason runs and Jason is more of a, a hunter survivor in this one compared to the older films. Okay, so that's that's where the fan I like it because it's a different take on Jason. Yeah, like I understand if you don't like it, but that's I, I like it different different take. He's creepy. Um, I, yeah, all well, the characters are fun. Uh, the intro could have been like, like the, what, um, could have been, uh, 
a whole movie by itself, and I yeah. would have been happy with that. I know. I almost wish, like, I like the bag mask that he had, and I yeah. wish, sorry, I'm getting way too deep into it, but that's okay. They could have kept, uh, like, they could have made like a whole movie with just bag mask Jason, yeah. and then at the end of that one, he finds his mask, and I would have been like, so, like, I would have been happy with just that. Yeah. Um, even the cast in the intro is great. Like, yeah, the, uh, the characters are so much fun. I like all of them too. They all remind me like they've all been in like other comedy movies, and yeah, it just kind of takes me back to that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's a good watch. It's fun. Yeah. I think this movie's gonna develop a lot more cult following. Yeah, we'll see. You want to get into the deep dive then, where there will be spoilers? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, I took the notes this time. They're, so they're gonna be they're gonna be better than my that's video not, drum that, notes. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm, I'm warning saying. people. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, the movie starts out with a girl running through the forest. She seems like she's in distress or something, and it's thunderstorming. And this whole opening scene is black and white. And she has a counselor t-shirt on. She bumps into someone, and that is Jason's mother. She says, you're the last one. I killed all the others. We see Jason hiding in the trees watching. And she says, you need to be punished for what you did to him. You let him drown. And then the girl says, I didn't do anything, as she cries. And then she takes the machete and decapitates Jason's mother. The girl runs away. Young Jason finds his mother and takes her necklace. It's like a locket with pictures inside and he takes the machete and we hear his mother say to him kill kill for mother i think that was kind of like in his head like he heard her say that before because she's dead obviously right now yeah um so yeah and that's the intro before the intro basically <laughs> yeah it's a quick recap of the first movie yeah which i liked because i i have not really seen a lot of the originals you have you love the originals yeah i've seen them all yeah i've seen the first couple but it was kind of nice for the recap because i've only seen the original maybe once yeah twice you've seen twice because we reviewed it yeah we we watched it the first time we hung out yep you've seen it twice and then you've only seen up to four yeah exactly um so yeah the recap was nice for me i personally think that they didn't need to have this in this is the one thing one, like, the issue I have with it mainly. You didn't like that? I don't like it. I, I, I'd prefer it to be, like, in... Pretty soon they're going to just talk about the whole thing that we just saw anyways at the campfire story. I just would have preferred the campfire story. That's true. I, I, I liked it. Or I would have liked um, when Jason was freaking out a couple times to maybe have some flashes of that. Okay, yeah. When he's thinking about his mom. When yeah. he's uh, sharpening his blade. It could have been done a little differently. I, I, it was okay, but I, personally, I wasn't. Uh, I just rather would get right into the movie than do this. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed it. I liked the black and white and, and the thunderstorm, and it just started really dark and spooky, and then it got fun after that. Yeah. Just different opinions. Um. So then we have a nice shot of the lake, which is Crystal Lake, present day. And we see some friends walking together down a path with backpacks and camping gear. They seem to be lost on the trail. They're discussing that they got a tip about marijuana growing out there. They set up camp and discuss how much money they're going to make off selling the weed. Then it 
flushes, it, it's nighttime now. They're sitting around the campfire. Wade tells a story about what happened 20 years ago with the murders at Camp Crystal Lake. There was one survivor, the girl, and they discussed Jason coming back and watching his mother be decapitated. One couple, Whitney and Mike, leave. They say they are going to go make out. Wade and Richie talk about how close they are to the weed. Um, behind Wade's back, Amanda's teasing Richie by taking her shirt off. Richie tells Wade he has to go, and Amanda throws her... Throws her bra at Richie. Wade laughs and says he has to bounce. Then we see Wade walking through the forest by himself, singing along to music on his headphones. I love this part because I'm motoring. <laughs> it got me so pumped up, and he's just such a like cute, fun character, yeah. <laughs> just singing to himself in the forest. This is where I'm like, I just got hyped. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I put down these characters are way too comfortable in the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> um. He stops to pee and he discovers the weed plants. He smells them and gets so excited, telling all the plants he loves them. Okay, he does not know how to smell weed. <laughs> he smells the leaf of the weed instead of the bud of the weed. Oh, I didn't catch on to that. Like, I'm not even, like, a big pot smoker, but, like, I know you smell the bud and not the leaf. <laughs> like, I don't know if this is just because it was in a movie or what, but, like... Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, unless unless you do smell the leaves, I don't know. I don't think you do, but... I don't think so either. I think you would smell the bud where all the crystalies are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's this, this, this guy either doesn't know what he's doing or... Yeah. He just wrote the scene wrong. <laughs> uh, he looks up and... He sees Jason. He freaks out and runs backwards yelling no, but Jason comes and stops him. Uh, Mike and Whitney are walking around and they discover the Camp Crystal Lake sign. They find an abandoned building and go inside. It's a mess. And they find a locket with a photo and Mike points out that it looks like Whitney. She says, no, it doesn't. Um, they keep looking around and they find a bedroom with lots of toys in it. And the name Jason is engraved on the top of the kid's bed. Uh, the camera flashes back to Richie and Amanda having sex, and Amanda hears something. She thinks Wade is watching them. Richie says, fuck it, let the perv watch with a smile, and Amanda's face is serious. She's like, no, <laughs> you go you go deal with that. <laughs> uh, they keep fucking, but then here's something again. Richie yells, Wade, I'm going to kill you. Amanda forces Richie to go out and look with the boner, saying he's not getting any until she gets rid of him. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go outside. Why not? I got a boner. I'm not going out there with a boner. <laughs> he says it so like innocent. I know. <laughs> She's like, you're going the fuck out there. <laughs> or you're not finishing. <laughs> uh, so Richie goes out, of course. And Amanda looks out of the tent shortly after, calling for him. Richie is walking through the forest, yelling Wade's name. He finds the plants that Wade found. And then he finds his glow stick. And then he sees his ear attached to his headphone in the plants. That was gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks up and sees Wade with no ear, and he's dead on the ground. Poor um, Wade. Did uh, Whitney, was it? No, not Whitney. Was that her name? Uh, Richie's girlfriend? Amanda. Amanda. Did she already pop her head back in the tent? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. I'm jumping ahead here. <laughs> Where we see the shadow of Jason? Yeah. Yeah, that's next. Okay. Uh, so Amanda's in the tent, <laughs> and we see a shadow of Jason outside. He rips through the tent and attacks Amanda, and she screams. Oh, okay. Never mind. It was still a few little scene back, but oh. I love how when like people like poke their head out the tent to look around, and then they feel unsafe, so they just zip the tent back up, like it, like a tent is going to protect them from anything. <laughs> if I can't see it, they can't see me. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> if I can't see it, it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> 
Uh, it's kind of like if you're like in bed though and you have a nightmare and then your foot's hanging over and you just tuck it under the blankie and it's like, oh, I'm safe now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Richie runs back to the tent and sees Amanda hanging in a blanket and uh, ropes above the campfire. And she's screaming. He runs to her, but he gets his leg caught in a bear trap. Amanda falls out of the blanket, and she's burnt alive. I like, uh, so this was another thing I noticed a lot of people had problems with, was the bear trap. Like Why? Because you're going to set one singular bear trap around this place, and he's just going to magically walk into that specific uh, bear trap. Yeah. I know that that was, okay. that was a bit of an issue. Um, I love the sleeping bag kill. I think it's great. Yes, I do too. I like when she falls out that there's still smoke coming out of her mouth. Yeah. Um, that was a pretty brutal death. And even the bear trap too, the practical effects on his leg look great. Like, Oh yeah, it's disgusting. It. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he's tugging at it. Yeah, it's gross. Do you think that they only he only set one bear trap though? What if he set more? Nah, Whitney didn't run into any. Yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can move on? Yep. Okay, Mike and Whitney are still checking out the house, and they find lights in some sort of, like, shrine with candles, and there's a hole in the wall that the candles are surrounding, and Mike says there's some sort of doll in there. He picks, he go, he goes into the hole and picks it up, and it's a head, and they, they scream, and he drops the head. The, da- the door slams shut behind them. Mike crawls down under the door to look, and a machete comes up from under the floor multiple times, and he yells for Whitney to get off the floor. The machete gets him in the foot, and then in the leg, and then in the hand. Whitney is in the bathtub trying to pull Mike up, but Jason bursts through the floorboards and grabs him and stabs him. Um, Whitney escapes and runs through the forest and back to the camp. She sees Amanda dead and Richie yelling for help stuck in the trap. She tries to help, but Jason appears and he stabs Richie right in the head. I like the uh, the machete coming out of the floor. Yeah, me too. When it gets him in the leg, it's just, oh, it's uh, just yeah. cringe. Yeah, my heart was pumping through that scene because you just don't know when it's going to come up. <laughs> yeah, the Sobity scene has a really good tense score too. It's a, it kind of reminded me of like the Hills of Eyes a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and them finding Pamela Voorhees' head in the, in the wall is pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, then Jason goes after Whitney and swings at her, and boom, title card. So this is a 24-minute introduction, and it's long, but it's, it really starts the movie out with a bang. And I actually looked up how long the introduction was for The Empty Man, because I was curious. Yep. <laughs> and Empty Man is 22 minutes. So this one's longer? Two minutes longer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I know. I put that on here, too, actually. Did you? I said one of the longest and best cold opens rivals The Empty Man. Yeah. I think the... It depends on, I guess, what kind of mood you're in. Yes. This is a little more, like, upbeat and fun. Yeah. The Empty Man is, like... It's dark. Yeah. It's dark. (laughs) It's scary. Yeah. Actually, I would love to do an episode on that, maybe. I would, too. But it's... It'd be a, a hard one to do notes on, I think, too. But maybe not. It's a long movie too, right? It is. Yeah. There's lots to talk about with it, though. Yeah, there is. The cold open for that was amazing, though. I loved it. Yeah. What introduction do you like better, that one or this one? It depends on the mood, really. That's true. Yeah. I I would probably say this one, but that one is a very close second. I think I like that one more because it actually freaked me like right out. It did freak me out too. But like if I wanted to have like a fun movie to watch, this one. This one, yeah. <coughs> Alright. 
You good with this? (laughs) Bless you. (laughs) You good with this intro? We can move on? Yeah. Okay. So, six weeks later, we see a car driving down the road. They stop at a gas station and a group of friends gets out. Chewie gets let out of the trunk and says, oh my god, babies have more space in the uterus. Trent asks Lawrence for some help, and he responds saying that that's not a good look for him, asking the one black guy to pump the gas for him. He then shakes Chewie's hand. Trent then asks Nolan, and he says, sure, man, I have a wicked blow. I give a wicked blow job, too. And Trent replies, okay, we will try that out later. They go into the store to buy snacks, and there's a young man telling the cashier that he's looking for his sister who has gone missing. And that's uh, Clay, Jared Padalecki's character. And Chewie's buying condoms, and Trent asks if he thinks he's actually going to get laid. And Chewie says, Aaron, for sex, it's an experiment. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I just put Aaron, you, is so great. (laughs) I know, he really is. He always plays this great, funny character. Yeah. Um, Clay's asking if he can put up missing persons posters, and we see that the poster shows his sister, and it's Whitney um, from the introduction. And the cashier says he can't put them up, and he persists to ask if he can. Trent and the all their friends are in line, and he asks him to hurry up as they're all in line. And Trent says, um, you okay, bro? Everything good? And Clay says, yeah, everything's fine, but I'm not your bro. Trent says, you don't want to be friends with us? You don't want to hang out? And then Trent says he's being a dick, and Clay responds, yeah, it's me, obviously. I'm the one being the dick. Then Jenna apologizes on Trent's behalf, and Clay says, thank you. <laughs> Trent and Clay's banter, yeah. like, back and forth, is so good. It is. I've literally said that to somebody that's called me a bro before. Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have this guy at work that calls everybody bro, and he's a little gangster kid, thinks he is, and he is. <laughs> so he's always like, bro, 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 and it just drives me up the fucking wall, because, like, I've known him for, like, two weeks, and it's like, dude, you're not my bro. Like, <laughs> I'm not your bro, man. That's funny. Um... Jared Padalecki playing Sam Winchester from Supernatural in... Is this what he's like in the... Oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 100%. That's funny. <laughs> it's, it's, I think he's like just like typecast as a character now. I was going to say, I feel like he's. this isn't the first time he's played this type of role either. No, I thought his House of Wax role was a little different, but... Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that new show he's in. It's something about him being a cowboy or, or something, a sheriff. I don't know. That That's his new show after... I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, after Supernatural. <laughs> this is the show he's doing now. Oh, okay. But I've, I've kind of been interested to check it out to see if he does still play that character. But yeah, this is basically him playing Sam. Okay. Trent is just like... He's a douchebag, but I love to watch him at the same time because he's, he's so funny. He's a lovable, fun douchebag. Yeah, he it's, is. It's, he was the same way in Transformers, too. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, he was Megan Fox's boyfriend in that movie. I haven't seen those movies in so long. I completely forgot that. Yeah, no, I know. I think he was, like, one of the only reasons why I remember mm. that movie is because he was in it. Mm. The first Transformers was all right. Um, what else? Um, the store clerk is very different like personality wise like i don't know you know when he's like uh the the manager's a real oh yeah like does he fart or does he make a noise i thought he made a noise Uh, but it was random (laughs) yeah it just it threw me right off because like even though sam or sorry keeps calling him sam clay (laughs) clay's look was exactly how i felt too it was like what the fuck just happened (laughs) Um, yeah, okay. You're That's good? all I got for this one. 
Uh, the group gets back into the car, and again, the great song comes on. I just love the soundtrack in this movie. Um, the sign reads, Welcome to Crystal Lake, as they're driving, and Clay's riding his motorcycle, and he gets pulled over by a cop. The cop says, Welcome back, Clay. He says that they are looking for his sister and that there's no ev- there's no evidence that anything happened to any of those kids. He suggests that she took off with her boyfriend. Clay says their mother passed away and she didn't show up to the funeral and that you don't know you don't know my sister. The group of friends then arrive at Trent's parents' place. There's a missing person sign on the back of their car. Bree's complaining about no service and Lawrence says he has business to do out here and needs service. He says he's trying to start a label. Chelsea asks what kind of label? Rap? And Lawrence says, why do you have to ask that? Don't put me in a box. What, because I'm black? I can't listen to Green Day? Chelsea says, you're right. That was dumb. She asks, what kind of music? And Lawrence replies, rap with a big smile. Lawrence kind of drove me nuts. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I thought he was hilarious. I would have liked it more if he was, like, actually doing something different. Because he's trying not to... He says that he's not a stereotype. But then he is a stereotype. Yeah. I don't know. I loved him. I thought it was funny that he was picking at everyone and making people feel bad and then being like, fucking, he's just fucking with them. Yeah. I thought it was good. I don't know. He was like one of the, like, I guess I liked him a little more in the middle than I did at the start, but. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I liked his little bromance with Chewy too. I thought they were fun. Yeah, I thought they were always like fist bumping each other and <laughs> Yeah, they were they were definitely the team yeah. you want to be a part of for it, this party. Yeah. Uh they go into the house and it's massive. It's very like log cabin y but rich. Yeah, it's a very nice place. It is really nice. And uh they all get settled and Chewy brings out his bong. <laughs> Lucille. Lucille. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the name, Lucille. Something like that, yeah. I, I think it might be like a reference to The Walking Dead, because one of the, the Negan's bat is also called Lucille. Oh, really? Yeah. Was The Walking Dead a thing back then? How long has The Walking Dead been on? Jesus Christ. A long time. <laughs> I, I don't know if it is or not. Lucille just might have been the name that I picked out of a hat, but uh, Negan's character's bat is named Lucille as well. This is like 2009, though. When did The Walking Dead come out? Probably around the same time. I feel like it was later, but I could totally be wrong. I don't know. It could be. I don't know. know, Yeah, I honestly have no idea. Okay. Uh, Then we see Clay riding his motorcycle again, and he finds a rough-looking house. He calls out for someone and knocks at the door. A dog jumps up at him, and the door... A dog jumps up at him at the door, and an old, miserable woman comes over. This gave me Texas Chainsaw vibes, actually. This lady and this house. Like, I don't know why. It gave me uh, cheapest creepers vibes. Oh really? Yeah, huh. I think the 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 old lady in Jeepers Creepers had dogs too. Okay. And they came knocking on the door. In the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of remember that. It's been a while, but hmm. And Clay asks if she's seen his sister. She says she ain't missing. She's dead. She says outsiders don't know where to walk. She says we want to be left alone, and so does he. Clay says so does who, and she shuts the door on him and leaves. She was a grumpy old lady. Yeah, you think if somebody said that to you and your sister was missing, you just call the cops and be like, this old lady knows something. Yeah, she, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah, she just said something to me and it gave me reasons to suspect that she knows something. Yeah, and then they could interrogate her and shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, the group of friends are playing drinking games at the cabin. Trent is saying to watch the floors and to play outside. Trent goes outside to Jenna. She asks if he wants to go for a hike for some exercise. He says he can't leave them alone because they're drunken hoodlums. Jenna teases and asks what he thinks they're going to do. And Trent says if she wants some exercise, he has a move he's been practicing. And he's been looking for someone to try it with. And Jenna laughs and goes inside. I kind of liked this little scene with them because Trent is such a douchebag. You're like, why the fuck is she with him? But then this scene, they like kind of laugh together and it's like, okay, maybe they do like each other. <laughs> yeah, it definitely shows a little lighter side to Trent's character. Yeah, like he actually kind of, like he's kind of nice in this scene. Like only this scene. <laughs> yeah, but he might only be nice because he's trying to get something like... Well, there's that like too. some kind of... Well, he wants to get laid too, right? There's so that there's too. A, um, but she's joking around with him, so like... It shows that they're actually, I guess. I wonder how long they've been dating for before this. I'm wondering, too. How much has she put up with him? <laughs> <laughs> I like how he says that it's an outside game. Yeah. This is an outside game. <laughs> I know. He's, he says something about the floors are oak or something. Yeah, they're stained oak. <laughs> uh, Clay's riding around and finds a barn slash shop. Um, there's a man inside cutting wood in a big wood chipper machine. Clay asks the man if he's seen his sister. He says he hasn't and to take care. Then he asks Clay if he wants to buy some weed and says he grows a lot in the bush. So is that the weed from the beginning? Yeah. I'm assuming yeah, the guys found so. out about. This guy's a character. I like this guy. Uh, when he scares him, when Clay scares him, he's like, uh, um, uh, he almost just pressed the button on a, uh, the start button on a whoop ass machine. Meanwhile, like Clay's like, Jared Powell, like he's like 6'4 and like probably easy 220, 230 pounds. Yeah. Like he's huge. Yeah. And this hick has balls. He just, he <laughs> said you take him. He reminds me of like, I don't know. He, he just reminded me of one of those guys that like drives around in his car and drinks Monster, but yeah, he's a hick. I don't know why he gave me those vibes. <laughs> I can definitely see that. <laughs> a douche. <laughs> He's got some crazy eyes to him, too. Yeah. Uh, Jenna's telling Trent to relax as he's cleaning out the garbage in his car. He's stressed about all the mess. Chelsea and Nolan walk over, and Chelsea asks if they want to join them by the lake. Nolan's behind her making, like, sex moves, sex I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they decline. They get the hint. Um, Trent tells them to take his truck down and says he trusts him, and he asks them to bring the gas cans down to the boat. Trent warns Nolan not to drive the boat. He is the only one that drives the boat. Yeah. And then Nolan and Chelsea are in the car and Nolan says, what does that say about me? That the second Trent says, don't take my boat out, that guarantees I'm going to take the boat out. I like when Trent even just gives him the keys and it's like, okay, he seems like all nonchalant, but he still gives a look of like, if you fuck up my truck, I'm going to fuck you up. (laughs) Yeah. It's subtle, but he gives it. Oh, yeah, he does. And that's even before he says not to touch his boat. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Clay comes knocking on their door, and Jenna answers. He's still on the hunt for his sister. She offers for him to come in. Bree's videotaping them come in and says this should be interesting. Trent comes over and gets upset that he's in his house. Jenna offers him food, and then Trent says she's just trying to be nice and he cannot stay. Jenna walks Clay out. This is a bold move, uh... By uh, Jenna here. I thought so too. And especially in this next scene, I was like, as much as Trent is a douchebag, this is not something I would be doing in if I was in a relationship with someone. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
literally in this next scene, Clay says he's going to ride around and continue to look for his sister. Jen asks if he wants some company. Like, what? <laughs> Maybe she was already, like, deciding, like, Trent's probably not the guy for me. Maybe I should explore my options. Maybe. Maybe she's slowly over it. Yeah. Could be. Could be the situation. Because if it's not, what the fuck are you doing, girl? Would you go on a bike ride with a stranger that you just met? No. <laughs> no, it's <just> dangerous. <laughs> she's got a thing for motorcycles Stranger that we don't danger. know about. Stranger <laughs> um, Then we see the wood chipper guy is weighing his weed. And he's smoking a joint and starts looking at a porn magazine. He looks the, licks the page and says, do you like that bitch? That's yeah, it's really gross. So gross. So gross. <laughs> he hears something and walks around. He takes a sheet off of something that looks like a person, but it's a mannequin underneath. Behind... He lost his virginity to this mannequin. <laughs> Did he say that? That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I totally missed that. Yeah, he's fucked the mannequin. That's... How do you fuck the mannequin? I don't know. Did he like carve a hole out and put some jelly in there or something? He must have because <laughs> he talks about how he... Uh, she remembers uh, taking his virginity. I didn't catch on to that. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's gross. And like mannequins are hard. Mm-hmm. Like hard plastic. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's weird. I know. That's what I put. How did he fuck this mannequin? <laughs> oh, interesting. I don't know how I've ever caught on to that. Um, <laughs> he takes the sheet off the mannequin. Behind him, we see Jason creeping behind him in a burlap sack. He grabs him and then slits his throat. Then Jason finds the mask, puts it on, and looks in the mirror. The epic hockey mask scene. Yeah. I actually like how they... I like this scene. How he finds the hockey mask in this one. Yeah. I like that they included all of that. Yeah. Like, rather than just starting him off with the mask, it, it does good for the originals. What movie does he get his mask in? Three? Three, yeah. 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 The second one is the whole bag mask. So he's in the bag mask the whole movie. And then he gets, he kills, uh, he kills somebody for the hockey mask in part three. Okay. Um... Chelsea and Nolan are at the lake. Chelsea asks if they're actually going to take the boat out. Nolan says he knew she was scared, and she says, let's do it. And then we go back to Jenna and Clay, and they're walking around talking about his sister. Clay says he hasn't seen her in six months because they got in a fight. They find a GPS on the ground. Then back to Chelsea and Nolan, who are taking out the, bu the boat, and Chelsea is wakeboarding, I'm thinking, and she's topless. And... Then back at the house, Chewie and Lawrence are playing beer pong against Bree and Trent. Trent has to drink out of, I think it was Chewie's shoe. Yep. But he refuses, and so Chewie does it. That's really gross. Is that an actual thing? I was about to ask if you've done it. No, I've never you done it. You haven't seen people drink out of a boot or anything? No. I haven't, but I have in movies. Oh, this has happened in more movies. I feel like I has, because I knew it was a thing in the past. Like, not the past, it's a thing. I've done the naked mile, but I've never done this. Like if you if you get shut out in a game of beer pong, you gotta run run a bit naked. Oh really? Yeah. No, I've haven't done that either. Yep. <laughs> we did it to the mailbox and back, but still. <laughs> um. Then back to Chelsea and Nolan. Chelsea falls off the wakeboard, and Nolan gets hit with an arrow in the head. And his boat turns around and starts driving towards Chelsea. So he's like leaning on the. Oh, yeah, the gas. The go go. <laughs> the go -go. <laughs> I don't, I don't even want to say it's a pedal because it's like a... It's, yeah. The it's kind of... Yeah. Ship, stick, ship. We don't know very many nautical terms here. No, I don't at all. 
Uh, she's screaming for him to stop, but he fell on the wheel, I said, and so the boat continues to go, and it hits her. And Fucking she, cranks her. Yeah. Head. She has a pretty brutal head wound. There's a lot of blood. Mm. And she sees Jason in the forest, and now she's freaking out. Jason looks terrifying in this shot. Like yeah, this he does. And this is the scene where we talked about this fun fact in my top ten movies. And it's the one where she was going to just tread water until she drowned. But oh, yeah. Yeah, but then they, I didn't add that in my top in my fun facts today, so... Okay. Because we already talked about it. But yeah, that's where they she would have been treading water until she drowned. But they chose a different route, which I actually really like too. Um, Jenna and Clay are walking through Camp Crystal Lake by the cabins. Chelsea... Oh, and then it's back to Chelsea again. She's hiding under the dock in the water. And Jason walks along the dock above her. Jason stabs her through the top of her head with his machete, and when he lifts her, her enti- entire body comes up and hits the dock. Yeah. That's quite the stab, if he's completely lifting her body right up. Yeah. I didn't like uh, the look on her face. Oh, and really? I, like, oh, I did. <laughs> I'll cross it up and stuff, and I was like, eh, that's a little cheesy, but... Oh, I liked it. It's still fun. <laughs> and you get some more boobs. Yep. <laughs> it's like the second boobs in this movie. <laughs> yep. At a three. <laughs> uh, Clay and Jenna continue to search the cabins. And Jenna falls through the floorboards and they find a burnt doll in there. Yeah. How long were they searching these cabins for? Because, like, it was light and now it's dark. Yeah, it was a long time. She's been gone for a while. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess I guess there probably are a lot of cabins at a camp. But, like, did you spend that much intensive time searching each one? Yeah. And I'm like, where the fuck has Jason been this whole time? Yeah. Um, I lost my spot now. Oh, they go back outside and it's, oh yeah, it's nighttime now, so they need flashlights. They hear something and hide under canoes. Then they see Jason walking and carrying a body. He drops the body right beside the canoe and it has no head. Jason heard them and starts throwing canoes off the racks. Um, but they like... I guess they're in a different spot now. Yeah, they were, I don't know when they did it, but they run and hide behind some archery bags, which is a <clears throat> callback to the first movie when uh, one of the main char- one of the main characters is bow and arrowed to death, I guess, oh. on some archery bags. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they watch as he grabs the body and leaves. Jenna says they have to go and warn her friends. Jenna trips over a tripwire that rings some bells. And we then see Whitney for the first time since the beginning of the movie. And she's still alive. She's underground in a tunnel chained up. I like that Jason sets perimeter bells now. Like, he knows when people are fucking around in his area, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It just adds to the realism and how much, I guess, he's probably learned over the years of just hiding out in this camp. Yeah, well, he has to just for, like, his own survival and everything, right? Yeah. Uh, Clay starts playing with the wire, and Whitney yells for help. They don't hear her, and they keep going. Man, Whitney. She's been down there for a while. I know. I put down, what the fuck were they eating this whole time? Like, her? Both of them. Jason, too. Because Jason's also a real person in this movie. He's not a zombie or a supernatural force. Maybe he fishes. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Because you don't hear very many animal sounds, I find, in this movie. Because he's killed them all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all super scarce, so I was kind of wondering if maybe he was eating his victims, but we don't uh, see any sign no, of that. No, there's, there's no cannibalism shown. <laughs> no, Jason, don't eat people. 
I wonder what he's, yeah, like you said, what he's feeding her. Because she's been down there for what, it's been like six weeks. Yep. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe maybe fish. Maybe you're right. Maybe he's a good fisherman. Maybe he's good at scavenging for herbs and stuff. Yeah. That's a month and a half. That's a long time. That's scary. Uh, Jason goes down to the tunnel with the body and Whitney keeps quiet. Jason sharpens his machete and thinks about his mother's death. He gets angry and throws things around. Yeah, see, this is where I would have liked maybe to see some of those flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Whitney is screaming again and Jason comes over and sees she's wearing his mother's locket. Whitney says, it's okay, Jason, and he walks away. So she's good at calming him down. I guess mm-hmm. cause maybe because she looks like... Yeah, it's like a psychological thing. They use yeah. it in uh, part two as well. Yeah, I remember that. I like his uh, head snaps. I like Derek Mears as Jason. He scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. As Jason. His quick head snap looks. And it happens quite a few times and it just freaks me out. Yeah. Um, Jason left a backpack beside Whitney that he brought from down upstairs, I guess. And uh, she looks inside and sees missing person posters inside of herself. She realizes her brother's out there. And she finds something to pick the lock of her chains. I guess that was something that was in the bag, right? It was from... Uh, it was from uh, the satellite the GPS. Uh, GPS yeah. yeah. Can anybody just grab a pen and learn how to pick a lock? Or I don't know, because you see that a lot in movies. Yeah. Picking they, locks. I don't know how to pick a lock. I don't either. Like, I guess, can you just grab a pen and start fucking around and maybe it'll... Maybe it'll jingle jangle it out. Maybe. Want to try it later? We don't have any locks. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I was just curious. It would have been nicer if, like, maybe Clay was on, like, the, the wrong side of the path or something like that. And yeah. maybe he taught her how to pick some locks or something. Oh, yeah, true. You know, they could have explained it in there earlier in the, yeah. in the first bit, but... Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to do it if I was in her situation. But no. I guess if you're down there for six weeks, you can figure it out eventually, maybe. Well, I guess. Well, this is like the first time she's had a pin. Right? It's true, yeah. She got it pretty quick. So, yeah, I guess I'd, I'd try anything, I guess, at that point, still. Yeah. Even if it was going to work or not. Um, Clay and Jenna are still outside running, and Jason spots them. Whitney breaks free and runs into a room of the tunnel where she discovers lots of bodies. All over friends. Yeah. Yeah. That sucked. That was, uh, yeah. Well, it explains how, like, nobody's been, been able to f- figure out where she is, right? Because he's, he's clearly hiding everybody's body. And... Yeah, he doesn't leave them. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering that, too, actually, when the cops said they've been looking everywhere with no evidence. I'm like, hmm, must be uh, cleaning up after himself. Yep, he's a good cleanup crew. Yeah. And she ends up finding a way out. Uh, back at the house, Bree's dancing to music and drinking. The boys are all watching her. Uh, Chewie says, in my next life, I want to come back as one of the buttons on the back of her jean shorts. <laughs> I wrote that down, <laughs> down too. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just the shit he says. Uh, Lawrence says to talk to her, and Chewie says he has a better chance of fucking a penguin that, that, than that girl. <laughs> come on, Chewie, get some confidence, man. <laughs> yeah, man, you're funny. You're halfway there. I know. <laughs> Uh, Lawrence lights Chewie's shot on fire, and then Chewie gets up, says, here's to daddy issues and douchebags, with a shot in his hand. Bree says to put the shot glass to his lips, and she says this whole thing, and then he, uh, forgets to blow it, and he burns his lip and falls, breaking a chair. No, she blows it out for him. Does she? Yep. Oh, I, I guess the, the glass was hot? Yeah, the glass was still hot. Okay, I didn't catch that part. Chewie also says, uh... The felching and pelching and whatever. And then he goes, let's just 
let's be one big happy cliche, and I put down this is the whole movie, but in a good way. Yeah, it's true. Um, Trent freaks out saying that the chair was a family heirloom. His dad's favorite chair. (laughs) I had a dream that I was buying chairs last night. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's probably now that I realize it from this movie. Probably. (laughs) Uh, Chewie says he will go to the shed and get tools to fix the chair. Lawrence says it was an ugly chair anyway. Chewie also says that they don't call him the wind wizard because he masturbates a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Everything he says is so great. Um, Chewie's walking to the shed drunk. He walks in the shed, which is massive, and says poor people call this a house. (laughs) He starts playing with stuff in the shed. He finds booze and opens it and says that that just smells like money. And he starts drinking it. Trent and Bree are upstairs in the bedroom now. Bree's getting naked and they're making out in the bed. Lawrence is smoking weed on the couch looking through. I said a Sears catalog because that's... It was pretty much that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's looking for a female to masturbate. Who decides to fucking masturbate in the living room of a party while people are still up and people about? People could still come back yeah. into the living room. It's like... Like, what if Chewie came back and was like, oh, I forgot my beer. Well, your buddy just went to the shed. Like, he's going to come back with tools, no? Yeah. Or did he bring the chair with him? No, he just plans <laughs> to come back with tools. And he ends up finding a woman in the magazine, and she's got a long sleeve shirt on and a coffee in her hand. Yeah, with mittens and stuff. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It is the winter catalog, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I gotta do what you gotta do, I guess, Lawrence. Yeah. Um, he then sees the deer head, and he gets self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna and Clay burst in the doors, like we said, could happen. Yeah. And saying that there's a dead body and they need a phone. Jenna asks where Trent and Bree are, and Lawrence says in the bedroom. And they're talking about calling the cops, and Lawrence is, like, hiding all his weed. Yeah, he's like, what are you, are you guys fucking with me right now? Like, I just got done smoking. Like, you guys, yeah. you guys, you guys know I'm high? What's going on? <laughs> Was this 2009 still? Not legal. Yeah. Uh, Bree and Trent are fucking in the bed upstairs now, and Trent keeps commenting on her tits, saying that they're stupendous. Stupendous. Perfect nipple placement. Yeah. <laughs> And Jenna starts banging on the door. <laughs> She's also filming the whole sex thing, too. Yes, she is. I wonder if it's going to be like some kind of uh, blackmail. Can't you see it on a big screen uh, behind them, too? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she probably. She seems sneaky. Yeah. Bree seems like she's like, she's bad. She's a little mischievous. Like, she was filming Jenna and Clay as well, being like, this will be interesting. Like, yeah. she wants to steal the, the rich boy. That's kind of what <laughs> I figured was happening, too. Yeah. Right from the start, she wanted to steal the... I think I'm going to say the rich boy, Trent. Yeah. <laughs> um, they ignore the door while Jenna keeps saying there's a guy up there. And we then see Jason looking at them through the window as they're fucking. And then back to Chewie. He's playing with a ball in the sheds. And then he finds a hockey stick and he lifts it up and accidentally smashes the light with it. He picks up a piece of glass, and we see Jason behind him. Jason pushes him down on the glass. He picks him up and throws him against the tool bench. He takes a screwdriver and shoves it slowly through his neck. It's so slow. It is. Yeah, super like, slow, and blood is just gurgling out. Yeah, and she was the, the best character. I know. It's so sad. heartbreaking. And I like how when his body's laying there, the light is just going back and forth, swinging. I, I like the reveal of Jason that way, too. Yeah. It's a, good, uh, it's a good little jump scare. I don't think they even make a jump scare noise. I think it just reveals him there, and then it gets into the scene. Yeah. Which is good. 
Whitney is running through the forest. Trent and Bree are still fucking in the bed. Whitney goes up against the window of the bedroom, and right before she can bang on it and call for help, Jason scoops her up. Yeah, sneaky Jason. Yeah, he this just is, pops up fucking everywhere. I know, this is like, uh, Jason pops up literally behind almost everybody to kill them. Yeah, in this movie. there's always a scene of him behind them. There's no scene of him walking directly towards somebody. Yeah. Where they can like see him and go, oh fuck, I gotta run away. He sneaks up behind them almost every time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, Trent and Bree go downstairs and Trent gets mad that Clay is there. He gets mad at Jenna for being gone with him for so long, saying she was fucking him all over the woods. Mm-hmm. This part, I'm just like, dude, <laughs> you just fucked your guy's friend upstairs. <laughs> Which I think Bree is more his friend than Jenna's friend. I feel like Jenna might have gotten into this friend group through the relationship, maybe. I wasn't sure about that because uh, when they were talking about it earlier, she asks why Trent invited them if they were afraid if they were going to break something. Yeah, true. So I think they, some of them, it might have been like 50-50, like maybe. Could be. The, maybe like the the couple from earlier who died in the boat stuff, maybe those were Trent friends and um, the others are kind of Jenna's friends. Yeah, it could be. Uh, he tells them both to get out of the house. They're saying there's a killer out there. Lawrence takes a frying pan and says his boy's out there and he needs to get him. I like that. Lawrence is going to go after his boy. Yeah, I did too. Uh, Lor- What's he say before going away? He says, um, he says that that's my, that's my deal. I always got to keep him guessing or something like that. Well, we all know what's going to happen to you, Lawrence. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> yeah. Lawrence goes out to the shed to look for Chewy. He looks through the window and then goes around the building. He goes inside and sees the glass and the blood. He sees blood on the deep freezer. He opens it up and there's packaged meat inside. He then gets hit in the head as Chewy's body falls from the ceiling, I guess. Yep. The rafters. And... Jason is then behind him. Yep. <laughs> and he runs. Jason grabs him, but Lawrence hits him and runs out of the shed. He's running back to the house. Jason takes an axe and throws it, and it lands in his back. Yeah, he'd been good at the axe throwing competitions, that's for sure. Yeah, that is pretty brutal. I can't even imagine what that felt like. Like I can't either. The next part's even worse. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence is yelling for help, but Clay says that uh, they can't go out because he's using him as bait, which is so fucked just laying there like help like wanting help yeah um jason goes to lawrence and kills him i kind of missed how that kill went because we didn't turn the lights off yet i don't think and it was hard for me to see with the glare yeah he like uh picks him up and puts him on his like on like picks him up like facing him yeah and then he like drops him so that the the axe lands on the rock and like comes out through the front of his chest okay i kind of thought it went something like that but i didn't want to type it out and then it'd be wrong (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bree's freaking out and Jenna's comforting her, saying the cops are on their way and everyone will be alright. Bree goes upstairs to look for Trent and there's a window open. Trent finds a gun. Bree's looking around and she opens the shower curtain to nothing there. Jason is behind her and grabs her, covering her with her mouth so she can't scream. He then takes her and hangs her on a hook. It's a hook, right? I think they're deer antlers. Deer antlers? I think so. That makes more sense. I was like, that clothing hook is going to kill you? I'm pretty sure that makes a lot more sense. Pretty sure they're deer antlers. All right, (laughs) but yep, another sneaky behind the behind the back killer here. Yeah, you won't be able to unsee it now that I said it. 
the <laughs> behind. I noticed it. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. I did notice it that he's always behind them. Yeah. Now I'm extra going to notice it, though. <laughs> <laughs> the only one he doesn't kill like that is uh, Richie from the start of the movie when he runs up to him and kills him with the axe. Oh, yeah. He's like the only person. Uh, cop arrives at the house. It's the same cop that was from the beginning of the... Not the beginning. The the, cop, the cop that was talking to Claire. Yeah. yeah. Guy from Desperate Housewives. <laughs> uh, he knocks at the door and says, Police. They go to answer the door, but before they open, um, they see Jason jump from the roof behind the cop and put an arrow through the cop's head and through the door. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah, he's he's got some strength to go through a head and door. Oh, yeah. Well, he gets him through the eye, and then it goes through uh, the peephole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jenna and Clay freak out, and they run into Trent and tell him that he killed the cop. Trent whips out his gun. He's kind of like anxious with it and he keeps firing it. I know, he's very itchy trigger finger. I feel like he should down. not be holding that thing. <laughs> uh, they then discover Bree's body and Trent, Jenna, and Clay run outside. Well, uh, Trent shoots a whole bunch into the wall where they find Bree. Yeah. And then he like pushes the door open and sees her there and he's like, not sure if he killed her or not. Or if it was, yeah, already or, done. Yeah, yeah. So then he just blames it on Jason anyways. And yeah. Trent. <laughs> when they leave, too, they don't stop and grab the cop's gun. What's better than one gun? Two guns. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so they run outside. Trent gets into the cop car and uses the radio to stay officer down. Did the radio even work? Um, I would think so. There shouldn't be any reason why it wouldn't work. Yeah, true. Uh, Bree's body is thrown on top of the cop car and Trent screams. Like a little girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's so funny. It was really high-pitched. It was funny. And then Jenna and Clay run, and Trent runs in a different direction. Even when Trent gets into the car, too, he's like, Jenna, get in here. Let's leave this guy. Like, (laughs) so out for himself. Yeah. There's, like, clearly lots of room in this vehicle. Just, everybody get in the fucking car. We're out of here. Yeah, you kind of, you should be a team at this point, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Safety in numbers, they say. Yeah. Trent's running and gets run off the road by a tow truck. He's then standing behind the truck and the truck stops. The driver waves for him to come forward. Trent starts approaching and flashing his flashlight at the truck. Jason comes behind him and stabs him through his torso. He throws Trent's body on the back of the tow truck, hooking him to the sharp hooks, whatever it is. I don't know. He just impales him through some kind of like rebar or something sticking yeah. on the back of this tow truck. And the truck drives away with Trent's body. Yeah, this truck driver is a bit of a dick. He like almost hits this guy. I guess he was old, but then he just waves him. He doesn't even get out of the car to yeah. ask him if he's okay. And then Trent's very slow, well-deserved kill comes up. This was, yeah. He, he like stabs him through and then he picks up either side of the machete and starts like cutting him up, like lifting him up and like sawing him as he lifts him up. And then he gets pissed and throws him under the... The truck is great. Yeah, Trent needed this death. For yeah, he sure. did. Jenna and Clay find Chelsea's body. Uh, just want to make sure I didn't skip anything. No, we're good. Jenna and Clay find Chelsea's body. They continue to run for help. They find a house and go inside, um, which is Jason's house. Yeah, they don't find a house. They're back at Crystal Lake. Yeah. We see Whitney down in the tunnels again. She hears people upstairs and yells for help. Clay and Jenna hear her this time and find an opening for downstairs. They go down and Clay discovers his sister locked up. Clay's trying to break the chains. This little thing that he had, um, I don't know, it was almost like a brick hammer or a nice pick like for rock climbers or whatever. 
Keep that fucking weapon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was scary, like, breaking the chains that close to her hand. That would freak me right the fuck out. Yeah, it'd freak me out, too. Uh, Jenna's freaking out and saying they have to go. Jason comes down and Jenna says he's coming. They break Whitney free just in the nick of time and run. <laughs> uh, they crawl through an opening. Whitney first, then Clay. Clay goes to grab Jenna's uh, hand to pull her out. And Jenna gets stabbed through the chest with the machete. It always... Una- I'm always unexpected by this kill. I always, for some reason, think that she made it. And it always shocks me every time I watch it. I remembered that she didn't make it, um, but I know the first couple times watching it, I was like, holy shit, because she's who you think would survive. Yeah, definitely. They really throw you off with that. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a shock, probably, in the audiences. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I lost my spot. Um, then... Oh. Clay and Whitney run and find a way out. As Clay is helping Whitney out, he is grabbed by Jason. And Whitney finds a hiding spot. And when she sees him, yells, fuck you, and kicks him. She runs and escapes. And Clay is there. And they run together into the barn where the wood chipper is. Clay searches around the barn and grabs a hook. Jason bursts through the wall and grabs Clay. He's always bursting through shit. Yeah, this is a reference to part two. um, The final... uh... The final jump, not the final jump scare, I guess, in that movie, but one of the jump scares is Jason popping through a window and grabbing uh, one of the characters. Okay. Um, it takes for Clay forever to find a weapon. Like, you telling me there aren't, like, a shit ton of things you could use? In the barn? Yeah. Yeah, you'd think there would be. Like, I guess he grabs a side, but, like, still, there's probably a lot more weapons you could have mm-hmm. grabbed first. Yeah. Clay and Jason have a fighting match. <laughs> Uh, the wood chipper gets turned on and Jason puts Clay's, fa- Clay's face towards it. Whitney gets up and calls for Jason and holds up the locket. She tells him it's okay and that he can stop now. Clay grabs a bear trap and stabs him. It was a bear trap, right? That's what it looked like to me. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then wraps a chain around his neck and lifts him from the ground to hang him. Uh, the board he was hung on breaks and he falls to the ground and... I'm guessing the chain got stuck in the wood chipper as that happened. Yeah, they th- I think they threw the wood chain into the wood chipper. Okay, so the chain starts pulling him towards the wood chipper. Whitney stabs him and says, Jason, say hi to mommy in hell. Jason's head is put into the wood chipper. Clay and Whitney hug each other. Put that fucker through the wood chipper. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Don't just sit there and like... Yeah, yeah. no, he's okay. He's dead probably. <laughs> oh, just push him through. Yeah. Um, it's daytime now, and we are shown different scenes of the house and the cabin and the shed all a mess with blood. I kind of liked seeing that, just like the aftermath of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see the lake where Clay and Whitney are on the dock. Clay throws Jason's body into the lake, and we see him float to the ground. Then his mask and the locket get thrown in, in as well, and they float to the ground. Clay goes to sit next to his sister, and bam, Jason bursts through the dock and grabs Clay, which is kind of like the canoe. It's a reference yeah, to the, the first canoe three movies. Yeah, the final jump scare. And that's it. And that's Friday the 13th, 2009. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I do like this movie. I do too. It's, there's some problems with it, but you get, if you're just having fun, yeah, like a pretty slasher, you're going to have a good time with it. See, I'm not, I'm not a 
diehard fan of the originals, so like I don't have as many problems with it. I don't either, and I'm a diehard fan. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to do a rating? Yeah, so I am going to give this, I think I gave it a low 100 on her page, I can't remember. I'm just going to go with 100, because I do like this movie a lot. I remember when it first came out, and my buddy's mom were talking about it. And she, her problem with it was that it was basically a porno with some kills in it. I'm like... A porno? Yeah. Because there's like lots of graphic sex in it. There is. And I'm like, have you not seen the older ones? Because they're pretty much the same thing. There's usually at least one graphic sex scene in each of the movies. Um, But yeah, that was her issue with it. I'm like, that's exactly what you kind of want from one of these movies. Like, it checks every box of what a slasher movie should be. That's what I think, too. Like, it adds to the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's a good mix of everything. Yeah. It's got comedy. It's got some scares. It's got good score, good kills. Yeah. You know, it's everything you want in a slasher. Fun characters. Yeah. I guess if you're not into boobs... <laughs> Yeah. It might not be a movie for you. <laughs> she might not have been. Yeah. <laughs> but hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you gave it a 100, I thought. Solid. Yeah. I'm going to go I with, think you gave that in the past. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go with the 100 still. I still have a fun time with it, even knowing that I've, I've, even this watch, I've noticed some more problems with it. Yeah. But just shut your brain off and have a fun time with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's my rating too. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone's surprised there. Um, Yeah. I I said all my statements at the beginning. Like, I just love this movie. The music, it just gets you hyped up. Great cast. It's the perfect slasher, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. We can do some fun facts. Let's get into them. All right. So, um... Richard Berge wasn't cast as Sheriff Brack until 12 hours before they needed to begin filming his character scenes. Oh, wow. Yeah. That seems stressful. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like, really? Trying to, trying to learn lines that quickly? Yeah. Luckily, he was only in it for a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's an actor. He could probably do it, but... Yeah. I guess he didn't have too many lines of dialogue to begin with. Yeah. I feel like that would be uh, stressful on everyone, though. Like, oh, we got 12 hours and we don't have a cop. Yeah, true. <laughs> Uh, the title card of the movie isn't displayed until the end of the opening segment, nearly 25 minutes into the film, which is one of the longest prologues for a horror film ever. I wonder, like, because this is 2009, if there's been, like, The Empty Man came out with a really long intro as long as well, and it's 22 minutes, but I wonder if anything has surpassed that yet. Um, I don't know when these facts were written either, right? Yeah, and true. And updated. I, I don't know. I can't think of anything that I've seen with the intro besides Empty Man that's long. Yeah, same here. But, uh, Adrian King, star of the original 1980 film, was approached by producers Andrew Form and Brad Fuller to do a cameo appearance during pre-production. A few days later, the producers called her back and told her they didn't want anyone from the original film to appear in the remake. Oh, well. Yeah. Why not? Get know. Kevin Bacon back. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah, you'd love that. <laughs> you love your Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah, I do. A wheelchair and a sweater can be seen in Jason's tunnels during the film. The character Mark was a 
paraplegic who was killed by Jason in Friday the 13th Part 2, 1981, and Mrs. Voorhees wore the sweater in the original version version of Friday the 13th, 1980. There's also a bicycle propped against the wall just under the wheelchair. It's likely Ralph's bicycle, also from the original Friday the 13th. It's hmm. a mouthful. I didn't know those. Yeah, I tried to... I'd like to go back and like look out for that stuff. I don't like I'm I don't know the originals very well, but now that I kind of have that info, yeah. Um, Victor Miller, the screenwriter of the original Friday the Thirteenth, said the script was written in such a way that it could be deemed a sequel as opposed to a remake because they meant they could pay him less if the movie qualified as a sequel. This explains why the plot of the film is more of an amalgamation of the first four films as opposed to a retelling of the original film. Miller took legal action because he left the script they showed him was more of a remake, but the story he came up with was condensed to the first few minutes of the film. He lost the battle and was paid less. He was surprised later to see the film advertised as a remake. Yeah. It is just basically a summary of the first four movies. Mm-hmm. Got everything from the guy looking for his missing sister, um, finding the hockey mask, Jason being hanged um, from three, uh, the bag mask from two, and then the opening scene with his mom being murdered. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It is basically all three, all four movies shoved into one and yeah, blended well actually together. Like it's cohesive. It makes sense. Yeah, it's not messy and disorganized. Awkward and like the plot works out, the storyline and everything. Yeah. Uh, with 42.2 mil, had the biggest opening weekend of a horror remake beating out former record holder The Grudge 2004, which was 39.1 mil. Oh, well. Yeah. Hmm. And yet you said it still wasn't perceived well back then. No, but opening weekend is usually the biggest yeah. for any movie, right? Yeah. And then whether or not it does well, gauge how it's going to do. Yeah, if people give good reviews and stuff, right? Yeah. I would like to go back and re-watch some old reviews of this movie and see how they are. Or even re-reviews, like yeah. revisits. According to co-writer Damien Shannon, the character of Jason Voorhees was re-envisioned as more territorial, like a hunter. Someone who doesn't kill people at random, but will defend his territory from anyone invading it. And this in the most... And this in the most horrible manner. Director Marcus Nispel similarly claims the film shows new aspects of Jason's personality. Derek Mears says his portrayal of Jason as a survivalist defending his territory is partially inspired by the character of John Rambo in First Blood, 1982. Um, sure. <laughs> John, John, John Rambo was just kind of surviving in the first movie like he's being hunted by the police of the town so he hid in some he's hit on like a foresty area and then set traps for them after they wouldn't leave him alone okay i haven't seen that yeah oh it's fantastic yeah yeah it's really good hmm well you did make some points about how he's protecting his area and stuff as like over the years and whatever yeah yeah, no, I, I do agree. I don't think it's... I wouldn't compare it to Rambo, but... No. <laughs> no. Uh, producer Michael Bay allegedly walked out in the movie premiere, stating that the movie featured too much sex. Too many boobs. It's a porno. It's coming from Michael Bay. I don't know who that is. He, like, over-sexualized Megan Fox in the Transformers movies. Oh, for real? Yep. What the fuck? Yep. And this guy has problems with sex. Wow. Wild. Okay. <laughs> 
this film was the first time Paramount had any association with the Friday the 13th series since 1989. Yep, they sold the rights to New Line Cinema. Okay. Uh, actress Willa Ford was given 10 days to learn how to wakeboard for her role. She said wakeboarding itself wasn't as nerve-wracking as having to do it topless. <laughs> That's like, that would be hard to learn. In 10 days? Well, yeah, in general. <laughs> if you, I don't know if she has any, like, skateboarding experience, probably not. Or, like, any balancing. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's like, and you're on water. That's going to be a rough, uh... They might have been going slow, too, so hopefully. Yeah. Um, this was Juliana, I don't know how to say her last name, Gules, Gules, first nude scene ever. Okay. Um... On hiatus from their show, both Jared Padalecki and his Supernatural co-star Jensen Ackles starred in two remakes of 80s slasher films, with Jared doing Friday the 13th and Jensen doing My Bloody Valentine 2009, respectively. Jared also starred in the 2005 remake of House of Wax 2005 before Supernatural aired. Yeah. I have a feeling that this was maybe, like in the Supernatural timeline, there's a season, season number three is like 16 episodes. So, maybe during that time, they decided to shoot these movies. And then go back to it. Yeah, and then got back to it. Well, Supernatural almost wasn't picked up to be another show. Oh, really? Yeah, so I think they maybe they were exploring. Okay. And then who would have thought it would have went on for 15 more seasons? Jesus, yeah. yeah. See, I haven't started watching that show because it's so long and it's daunting. <laughs> and, like, each season is 22 to 24 episodes except for season three. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, look at Max over there. He looks so cute sleeping. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> um, ben Feldman, who plays Richie, and Jonathan Sadowski, who plays Wade, were already good friends prior to filming and were cast because of their natural report. They also convinced their friend Aaron Yu, who plays Chewie, to accept a role even though he was reluctant. Aww. That's surprising. Yeah, they. that is surprising. Well, why would he be reluctant? Oh, I... I thought you meant uh, about that they were friends before. No. I was like, they have good chemistry. They look like best friends. No, they do. And Aaron Yu's been killed by the remake of Freddy and the remake of... Yeah, I don't know what his reasons are for being... uh... Maybe he just didn't want to be typecast. Maybe. Even though he is now. He is, definitely. Yeah. Um, in this movie, Jason wears both the legendary hockey mask and the burlap sack, although neither of those appeared in the original, um, Friday the 13th, 1980. The burlap sack was the first mask worn by Jason in Friday the 13th, part two, and the hockey mask did not appear until the final third of Friday the 13th, part three. These are all things that are common knowledge, but I mean... (laughs) Yeah, we all talked about it. Uh, This film is the first Friday the 13th film to use CGI weapons like the machete as some scenes were too risky to film with proper weapons that could break and injure someone. And my last one is Scout Taylor Compton auditioned for the role of Jenna, which eventually went to Danielle Panabaker. Had she gotten the role, this film would have been the second remake of a classic horror film for Compton after Halloween 2007. Hmm. Yeah. I liked, um, what's her name? Danielle Panabaker as Jenna. I did too. She's very innocent looking. Yeah. I think that was, uh, I mean, nothing against Scott Taylor Compton, but I liked it. She yeah. fit the role well. Yeah, I agree. That's the episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all That's all we're doing for you guys today. Yeah, that's our first bonus episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. 
Um, you guys can find us at Our Life and Horror at TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. You guys can send us an email over at ourlifeandhorror at hotmail.com. Send us uh, some criticisms, movies to review. If you guys just want to reach out, maybe you want to come on, let us know. Send us an email. Um, and please give us a five-star review rating on wherever you guys find your podcasts and share this podcast with whoever you think might enjoy it. And let us know in the comments of our Instagram post um, if you enjoyed this movie or not, because now I want to know who hates this movie. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to judge you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't judge you. Yes. (laughs) We will respect your opinion, even if we know it's wrong. Yeah. I just want to know who's out there hating. So Mm. please comment. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.